in any capacity who is married or considering marriage, you're tuned into the right place. We help leaders take care of their marriages. Remember, you are a successful leader and your marriage and family can be successful too. You don't have to sacrifice leadership for love and you don't have to sacrifice love for leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Gary and Julie. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello, hello. I hope everyone's doing all right today. I wish to say, too, for everybody. How are you doing, though? I'm doing fabulous. Well, you look fabulous. As always. As always. Eyebrows not done. Lipstick ain't on. But I still look good and yes. I feel good. That's what's important. That's right. Exactly. So keep it popping. So, everybody, welcome to another conversation about excited that you're joining us. That's right. We're going to talk about making our marriages better. Always. Strong leaders take care of their marriages. Yeah. Because your marriage is the relationship that has the furthest implications. Like it goes into generations. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's an interesting quote by Arnold Glasso. He said, one of the tests of leadership is the ability to recognize a problem before it becomes an emergency. So if that's a test of leadership, possibly in organizations and corporations, the same thing applies to your marriage as well. Absolutely. Now, we're parents. We have four kids. And we got to mitigate a lot or help solve a lot of problems Lots. on a day-to-day. Because of our children, there's always some sort of conflict about something Mm -hmm. that results in us having to resolve that conflict. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we find that we're always teaching our kids how to apologize, how to say sorry. And that's a lot of parents. They teach our kids how to say sorry. And when we do that, we're essentially teaching them to take responsibility for the things they did wrong, most likely against someone else. Right. You want them to understand that they cannot do as they wish whenever they want because sometimes that results in someone being hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, each of our children are different, so they respond differently Mm -hmm. to the type, the way we resolve the conflict. Right. Or the type of punishment or type of consequences that come along with that. Yeah. Same thing applies to other children. Different children respond to different things. Mm -hmm. Some are shy. Mm Mm-hmm. Some are quiet when they say the words. Mm-hmm. Some are embarrassed that after they say the words, they start crying and retreat into their parents' arms. Mm-hmm. Some children, however, are downright reluctant mm-hmm. in apologizing. And while some parents will fight with the child until they apologize, some parents just leave it alone. And they'll probably say something like this. I'm sure he's sad about it. And you know what? They might even turn around and apologize on behalf of that child. Mm-hmm. Basically, or you, some people might interpret that as, you know, the child is getting away with this thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what you might end up with, though, is children who are not taught to take responsibility. So many of them grew up to become adults who are not sensitive to the emotions of others. Yeah. And the impact that their behavior has on other people. Sadly, some of them become criminals. Mm-hmm. Some of them become narcissistic leaders because mm. they never taught to take responsibility outside of themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the way I see it is that children are moment-driven. They don't right. have the experience to look beyond their current situation. Mm. So they are more reactive. But if we encounter a child who executes premeditated offenses, 
then we become concerned. Mm -hmm. Because we're saying that children, they react in the moment. Mm -hmm. But if there's a child that's sitting there plotting, you know, I'm going to do something to that kid over there. Premeditation. Mm -hmm. In the court of law, premeditation, premeditated offenses Mm -hmm. have higher consequences. You know, that that reminds me of um, one of our, I think it was, one of our nephews, actually, who was swinging a blanket around their younger sibling. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a toddler who's still learning, Mm -hmm. of course. So we excuse that. But he was swinging a blanket around his younger sibling. And the purpose of what they were trying to do, or what this child was trying to do, was go at the sibling. And I was kind of laughing on the inside because I knew what this child is trying to do. Mm-hmm. But naturally, you have to stop them, right? Because you don't want them to get to that point of now fighting with them to apologize. Right. Because they think, why not? Mm-hmm. I have power. Let me go after this person who is weak, who mm-hmm. can't protect themselves. So some may look at that as premeditated, but because the child is still young, yes. where they're still at that state of learning, it's not seen as premeditated. Not yet. It's when it's not taken care of or taught at an early stage that you cannot do those things that's when that behavior will continue to develop into where they become criminals right. or narcissistic leaders. Exactly. And that's what we so that's where the parents step in and they say, you know what, yeah, there's good chance that the child's not thinking I'm gonna damage somebody. Right. But we still have to intervene. Yeah. Now when you become an adult, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Adults on the other end, they're expected to perceive the full magnitude of their offenses. Mm-hmm. And they got to be willing to take responsibility. Right. For some adults, actually, you know what? Some of these adults become spouses. Yep. And that means somebody's going to end up stuck with that person. Mm-hmm. And imagine being stuck to somebody who refuses to take responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked about pet peeves. So they're going to do things to aggravate your pet peeves. Mm -hmm. They're going to trigger you. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now you have to deal with the problem. And they're going to say, well, I don't have a problem. You have the problem. Yeah. So you fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Well, you're sitting there thinking, I have the problem with you. Exactly. Or they might push your trigger. They push your hot buttons. And they're saying, well, uh, you're just overreacting. Yeah. But... This is just some people. Others are willing and ready to say sorry. And what we want to get at in this podcast is that an apology is more than just mere words. Mm. They could change the course of action. They could prevent someone from feeling insecure or disrespected. Mm -hmm. So essentially, when you apologize properly, you're restoring the relationship. Mm. And that's what we want to look at today. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's very important to give an apology. If you choose not to, there are costs. And if you choose to, there are benefits. 
So what are some of the costs of not apologizing? Yeah. One is that it reduces intimacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can also, too, changes communication dynamics. One person might shut down and they neither speak nor listen. That's, yeah, that's pretty bad. That one, you know, a lot of the times when that occurs, it, it is a reflection of their past, why they shut down that way. Right. Some people cannot handle being um, not treated with with love and compassion yeah. and respect. Absolutely. Three, restricts freedom in the relationship. Right. So then the counter to that, the benefits of apologizing is that you rebuild trust, one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you rebuild security. Mm-hmm. And three, it helps you heal emotionally. Mm-hmm. If there's, clearly you apologize because somebody was hurt. Mm-hmm. And those are three good things. We build trust, we build security, and it helps you to heal. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now that we see the contrast between the costs and the benefits, there are actually reasons why people choose not to apologize. And we came up with our own list based on our own observations, mm-hmm. and our own experiences, our own research. And we came up with a list as to why people don't apologize along with the possible reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. So you out there might know of other things or other reasons in your own experiences. But we're going to give you our Gary and Julie slash leading in love list. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So first one, guilt. They're so guilty that I think, man, I did a terrible thing. There's no way an apology mm. is going to make this any better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Second one, shame. Yeah. Now, this is where you start looking at yourself like, I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to accept an apology from me mm. based on what I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third one, anger. It's their fault anyways. Okay. So now you don't want to apologize or take ownership for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like they started it. Right. Now you're coming with that child's mentality. Yep. Well, he took the ball away from me, and that's why I smacked him in his face. Right. Or body slammed. Or body. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yes. Not... We're not going to get into that <laughs> situation yeah. of WWE e. that that occurred in our house this week. Well, I think we just got into the situation. We're not going to call any names. We're not going to call any names, but we almost ran to the hospital yeah. because of WWE decided to show up in our house. So that's the first three. What's the next one? The next one, pride. She didn't ask me to apologize, mm-hmm. or I am not accepting responsibility for that. That is not what happened. Now, you, your pride is not even wanting to get to the point of even truly understanding what the problem is. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The fifth one, insecurity. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve forgiveness. Yeah. Again, I think it falls also in line with guilt and shame. Yeah, absolutely. You know, someone who's insecure might always feel guilty. Or might they're always... quick to jump to feeling guilty. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. blaming themselves. Or blaming themselves. And get into that negative self-talk. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, the next one is lack of empathy. You're thinking, well, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's not something to be angry about. It's yeah. not something to be sad about. Right. So, pff, forget it. Who cares? I just left the milk out, you know? Yeah. 
fear of number seven, fear of seeming vulnerable. Mm. Okay, so for some people, they might think if I say I'm sorry, I'm gonna look weak, mm-hmm. and that boils back to uh, pride, maybe. Mm-hmm. Typically, when arrogance is around, there's insecurity as well. Mm-hmm. So they got to play up that one part of their character mm-hmm. to overshadow the things that they don't like. Mm-hmm. So pride in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to say that that one could actually fall a lot on women that are in leadership positions. Okay. You know, when... Yeah. When we come to a point where you might be a CEO, a manager, director, in that leadership role, taking that hat off when you come into your marriage Mm -hmm. becomes very difficult. In this feminist world at the moment, women need to show strength. Right. You know... This week, I found um, very funny that one of my children threw a half-eaten apple inside of my purse and half of their popcorn bag inside of my purse. In that nice purse? In that nice designer purse, right? That I take with me when I go see clients, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm ready to have a pitch. And so... What I found so funny about it was here I am and I'll stand in front of a potential client and see myself as a, you know, badass boss chick type of thing. And and I will stand in front of a client ready to throw on that hat. Right. But then I turn and I look in my purse and I have an apple thrown in there. My children don't see me as that type of woman. They see me as mom. So because I can't find a garbage, I'll just throw it in mom's designer purse. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Right. So that hat has to come off when I come to the mom phase. Right. And it's a lot easier for women to jump into mom phase and make themselves a, a little bit more vulnerable. But for some reason it's a lot harder for them to step into that phase of their marriage. And really and truly, that has to be there yep. in their marriage. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to raise my hand and say, fear of seeming vulnerable. As a woman that's a leader, that I had to really learn mm-hmm. how to make sure I can take that ha- hat off and be vulnerable to right. my husband. Well, you know what? Indra Nui, the PepsiCo CEO, she's about to step down. She refers to it as not just taking off a hat. It's mm. taking off a crown. There you go. So Ooh. crowns are prized. Yes, A crown girl. is a prized, you know, head covering yes. type thing. So taking a crown off. Yeah. Where you're working. celebrated, you're venerated outside of your home. Mm-hmm. And even in those situations, you might not want to come off as weak because not only are you venerated, but at the same time, for lack of a better word, you're hated on. Uh Right? Uh So to take that off, and so I understand why. But in this sense, I understand why you might fear seeming vulnerable. Mm. But the thing about apologizing is that it takes a lot of strength. 
It does. And we're going to get into that. So people don't apologize because they don't want to come off as vulnerable. Yeah. But it actually shows a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. And the last one is uh, narcissism. Mm-hmm. Narcissism. Why is he hurt? It must be his problem because I feel fine. Yeah. What's his problem? Right. And that's that narcissistic way of looking at it where it's everybody else's fault. Right. Right. So the eight that we came up with just to go through it again is guilt, Mm -hmm. shame, Mm -hmm. anger, Mm -hmm. pride, Mm -hmm. insecurity, lack of empathy, fear of seeming vulnerable, and narcissism. So you look inside of your relationships, your key relationships, and see if any of these things are showing up. Right. If there's a situation that ever happened, you're like, you know what, I'm not apologizing for that. Right. What is, what's driving it? Yeah. Are you saying that the responsibility should be shared? It's all being passed on to you. You don't mm-hmm. want to look weak. Mm-hmm. You don't care. You don't mm-hmm. think it's that big of a deal. Just kind of look through and see what your tendency or what your past behaviors might have been. Yeah. And it's a good thing that you're listening because we're going to help you correct this because as leaders and married people, we have to show a lot of strength and humility. Mm-hmm. So... Now that we have a sense as to why people don't apologize, okay, so if you find that your spouse is very reluctant to offer an apology for clear offenses or even ones that might be accidents, then it can be attributed to one of those things that we mentioned. Mm. Okay, so what we're trying to get at is that an apology is more than just mere words Mm. because a lot of times what is communicated is beyond words. Mm. Like, if I'm giving an apology and I look like, I'm, I look apathetic, mm-hmm. like I'm not interested, like mm-hmm. I don't care, mm-hmm. then you're going to look at me and say, yo, this, this guy doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, he, what he's saying is not even worth it. Mm-hmm. So, what is a proper apology? Mm-hmm. You know, there's actually a scientific method now to provide an apology. Okay. So, Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas, they were the first ones to kind of look at this. But now the Association of Psychological Science, mm. they published a research study in 2016 and found that all, not all apologies are equally effective mm. and that the most compelling ones include six distinct elements. Mm-hmm. So the way you apologize is actually a scientific process. Through research, they've now proven that there's a way to apologize. Okay. So not all apologies are equal. I'm sorry is not the same. Mm-hmm. There's more that you have to do for an apology to be effective. Mm -hmm. So what are these six elements? The first one is expression of regret. You know, are you regretful for what you have done? Or are you just saying, I'm sorry? Right. Second one is explanation of what went wrong. So providing the details, Mm -hmm. the course of action that caused you to get where you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... Even with that, I'm going to add that it may take your partner some time to really be able to gather all the details, right? For them to fully understand. I think you and I had a discussion about this a few months ago, how I think out loud. Yes. And I gather my information out loud with you. Right. You, on the other end might gather your information and then present it to me. Exactly. So you don't know what my thought so process I don't know is, what you're... but you expose me to your entire thought exactly. process. So yeah. I had to learn how to step back and give you that time to gather your information. 
while you wouldn't take the first things that I say to you mm. as she's gathered information. Now, this second part, there's another element to that. Explanation of what went wrong. That That's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because this is where you could break down any misconceptions about what actually went wrong. Right. Okay? You said I did this. I think I did this. Mm-hmm. So now, during this part, you're trying to break down and parse out mm. exactly what the issue is. Mm-hmm. And now, rather than, you know, fear of looking weak, being apathetic, it gives you more room for number three, which is to acknowledge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking the right amount of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's important because I understand why people might not want to take more blame mm-hmm. than they think they deserve because then they're going to be compromising. They might get angry because of that. Mm-hmm. Right? They might mm-hmm. feel insecure because of that. Why mm-hmm. am I always carrying this? Or, or it's me. Here I go again mm-hmm. with that same behavior that I always get blamed for. Mm-hmm. So there's no freedom there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that you have number two, explanation of what went wrong, mm-hmm. and number three, acknowledgement of responsibility and taking the right responsibility, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the wrong things. And then jumping to four, declaration of repentance. I am sorry. I understand why you're upset. I understand that I have hurt you. And I, and I understand what I have done. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I am sorry. Now, sorry could even go further where now you need to go buy them, you know, hey, what kind of ice cream is it you like? Haze, hazelnut, heavenly hash ice cream. Yeah, with everything in it. With everything in it. <laughs> I want everything the, in my ice cream. All I want the chocolate nuts chips, and berries. nuts. I want the three colors and marshmallows. That's how I like my ice Buying cream. Buying ice cream for my husband. Once I show up with that, he knows she loves me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you declare repentance, then you have to offer some kind of reparation. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Now, one of the things you have to be careful of is making the wrong promises. I promise that I will never, ever do that again. You're a human being. Yeah. There's a good chance. I mean, unless it's something, like, really big that's abusive. Yeah. You know, that could really damage the relationship. Yeah. Then, okay, you probably should promise and hold yourself accountable to that. But because we're apologizing so many times, be careful of what you make. Say, I promise to not do. Mm-hmm. Because if you apologize for a pet peeve, you always, what do you say? You're, hey, I'm ordering food. Are you hungry? No. Food comes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that looks really good. Can I? And then you clean off their plate. Right. And then you say, you know, I'm really sorry. I promise that, I promise that next time. I'll make sure that I order my own. Next time comes, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hungry. I had a salad. I had a big lunch. Then the, what would be really nice? Something really nice rolls up from the, from the, from the, from, skip the dishes. From the delivery guy. From the delivery guy. <laughs> and now you're like, yeah, can I get some of that? Yeah. You're guilty you just, of You that. just apologize saying that you'd never do it again. <laughs> and all you had to do was say, yes, I'll take something. You're Don't make guilty. those... You see what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to 
Don't make those kind of <laughs> promises. Okay, it's not worth it. So after you make a declaration of repentance, suggest an offer of repair. That's reasonable. That you can manage and that your spouse is able to help you monitor. Mm-hmm. Very important. Mm-hmm. And lastly, request for forgiveness. Very important because this is the turning point. Yeah. This now says, once your spouse has removed the accusation from you, she no longer associates or attributes that behavior to you. That's what forgiveness is. Now you move forward together. So there is restitution. So the six distinct elements are, one, expression of regret. Two, explanation of what went wrong. Three, acknowledgement of responsibility. Four, Declaration of repentance. Five, offer of repair. Six, request for forgiveness. Right. The science of apologizing. So clearly the goal of an apology is restitution. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, let's fix the issues. Let's move on with our lives. We're not going to keep score by adding this incident to our list of condemning evidence. Mm -hmm. We're going to take notes so we can have some useful examples for making our relationship better. Mm -hmm. Like we spoke about in our podcast, Keeping Score. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, since the goal of an apology is restitution, so we've concluded that an apology requires four interchanges. Okay. The first one is initiating. This is where the culprit acknowledges the hurt caused, and apologizes. Mm -hmm. The second phase is granting, where the victim acknowledges the apology and offers forgiveness. Mm -hmm. The third is accepting. Mm -hmm. This is where the culprit accepts the forgiveness. And then number four is forwarding, where the culprit and the victim establish mutual guidelines to reduce the chance of another offense. Mm -hmm. So this kind of ties in with the six ways of apologizing. Right. In between that, somebody has to initiate, which should be the culprit. Right. Okay? Here's the rule. If you start at step two, then you can't have step four. Simply because the person that's hurt should not be just giving up forgiveness without going through the process. Yeah. Don't just jump to I for even though that that's fine to have that in your mind. Yeah. But remember, you're both trying to grow from this. Right. Not it's not just about feeling better. It's about growing from it as mm-hmm. a couple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't just jump to granting. There has to be an initiation, mm-hmm. and the person that initiates should be the person who caused the hurt. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're not gonna get to step four, which is forwarding, which is growing forward together, if you didn't go through step one, initiating. Step two, granting. Step three, accepting. And step four, let's move forward together. Right. Okay? So you got to take time to listen to how your spouse feels so that you're able to adequately address the hurt and apologizing properly. The purpose of apologizing is to rewrite the hurt caused and pursue a better state of 